Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading. Maybe seated. In the name of Jesus. John the Baptist points his bony finger and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, because John the Baptist wants all to follow Jesus. This is by divine design, okay? This is the guy, the bloke, who says a couple chapters later in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 3, these words, which I know you know, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Now, John the Baptist, we're going to call him JB, JB, okay, John the Baptist, he ain't talking just about his own person. He's also talking about the size of his parish. Oh, yes. His teeny, tiny congregation planted on the banks of the Jordan River have been slowly but surely growing. Growing. Bursting at the seams now. I mean, quite the following. People coming out of the woodwork to be members at J.B.'s Wilderness First Church, where uh, their uh, version of Leroy and uh, Mindy are serving up crickets and wild honey at, uh, at coffee time. Mmm, <laughs> yum, sounds appetizing. I'll take the donuts, thank you very much. Thank you, Leroy, for serving donuts. Okay, 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 okay. Well, time to shut down the operation. Board up the door, close it up for good. After all, J.B.'s ministry, the whole purpose of his ministry, was to prepare hearts and minds for, 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 J.C., Jesus the Christ. The wait's over. He's here. He's finally here. And so J.B. starts, you know, emptying the pews, shooing people away. <laughs> That'd be kind of odd if I'm doing that, right? It's okay for J.B., though. Okay, he's shooing away the people. He's directing everyone to Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. And we see this play out in our gospel reading, don't we? John chapter 1, verses 35 and 36. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. J.B., John the Baptist, is a broken record. I mean, his sermon on repeat, Behold the Lamb of God, Behold the Lamb of God, Behold the Lamb of God. It's as though he's saying, Looky here. Looky here. Yeah, start using the things on the side of your head to see who this one really is. The Lamb of God saddled with the sin of the world. Singular sin. That's important. That's salvationly important. Singular sin means that you can with certainty know that your sin, the whole enchilada of your sin, 
on the back of the Lamb of God, Jesus, is there a sin that's like a 500-pound gorilla on your chest, suffocating you, making you feel miserable, harder and harder to breathe? Is there a sin that's like a mustard stain on your shirt? So embarrassing. You think everyone sees it and is so displeased. Is there a sin that's like a boomerang? Flies away and then comes back and hits you between the eyes. Name. Name that sin that harasses and hounds you, that sin that just keeps beating you up, that sin that floods your entire being with fear and doubt that God loves you, name that sin. It's on Jesus. It's on the Lamb of God and all the other sins as well. Look at that Jesus. He is going to deliver himself to the butcher's blade. The wrath of God is going to run him through so that he can have you for himself forever. What a sermon. It's still being preached today, by the way. <laughs> it is. And we see the word work, don't we? Right, right in our text. John 137. The two disciples heard, G, heard J-Bap, J-B, John the Baptist say this, and they followed Jesus. Andy and uh, Mr. Unnamed Disciple, they hear the word of God and they believe they are faithers. Faithers, faithers, faithers. How cool is this? We get to see the epistle reading in living color. Romans 10, 17 in the flesh. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Andy and Mr. Unnamed Disciple leave JB and follow JC, who launches, who fires at them quite the uh, disrupting and disclosing question. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Andy and Mr. Unnamed Disciple run after Jesus, but, uh, you know, they keep their distance at first. Jesus doesn't let them, you know, trail far behind for very long, right? John 1, 38. Jesus turned and saw them, following, and said to them, What are you seeking? Jesus saw them. Easy to pass over, that little, that little verb, to see. Seeing for Jesus, though, isn't really skin deep, right? Seeing for Jesus is the core of our being deep. Oh, he, he sees Andy and Mr. Unnamed Disciple. He sees everything. They're open books to Jesus. Nothing hidden from Jesus. He sees it all. He sees everything. Absolutely everything about these men. 
He sees their deepest longings, their deepest yearnings, their deepest wants, their deepest desires, and yet, and yet, and yet, he still asks the question, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? What? A disrupting and disclosing question. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? How, how do you answer that question? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What do you want? See, everyone, everyone is seeking, looking for, wanting something or someone. Everyone, everyone. To desire is to be human. Desire is, is part of our DNA, folks. We, we can't help ourselves. <laughs> Desire isn't something we can turn off. It's always, it's always on. It's always on. We're always desiring. So, so the question is this, dear friends. What or who are you desiring? What or who am I desiring? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We have done some mighty stupid stuff chasing after the wrong things. And uh, if stupid didn't work, we try even stupider. <laughs> Can I get an amen? I'm speaking for myself here, okay? <laughs> But none of that's going to work. It all fails. It all fails. That ache inside. That itch. That nothing seems to scratch. That longing to be seen, soothed, safe, secure, that, that need to, to be loved and, and, and to love, dear friends, only one thing works. There's only one answer for all that. And we see, we see that answer with Andy and Mr. Unnamed Disciple, John 1.38, the last half of that verse, and they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They want to know where Jesus is living. What's so amazing is that Jesus doesn't uh, refuse their request. He doesn't take their request and, you know, put it through the shredder. He doesn't, he, he doesn't flush their request down the toilet. Now, this was a time when rabbis, they were known to turn students away. Scram, bug off, make like a tree and get out of here. But this rabbi is different, isn't he? Way different. No rabbi like this rabbi. Open enrollment all the time. All who come to this rabbi... 
No matter the baggage, no matter the background, no matter the brokenness, he receives with arms wide open. He welcomes them. Verses 39 and 40. He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. What do they see? What do they see? The Lamb of God, of course. So gentle and lowly in heart, humility to the max, not an ounce of distaste or disdain, no frustration or anger whatsoever. None of that. Only a love. A love that invites them into his home where they can just be. 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 Listening to a voice that calls them by name basking in the warmth, the glow of his light that re reveals more and more who they are and whose they are, eating at a table where the hungry are filled with good things, drinking from a cup that runneth over, and enjoying the biggest, bestest companionship in the cosmos. What Andy and Mr. Unnamed Disciple discover is that man is created to be at home with the Lord, who loves us to the end. Now, this is what our first parents uh, forgot in Eden. No need for any of us here to ever forget this here in Auburn. Why? 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 I'll tell you why. The invitation and the promise to experience what life is truly made for rings out this evening. Come and you will see. Come and you will see. Come the invitation. You will see the promise. The invitation is a right here, right now, present tense, today, imperative. Come. Come. Come, come home now. Jesus doesn't say, you know, come home when you have the small catechism memorized. <laughs> or come home when you got your stuff together. Or, come home when you have your addiction handled, controlled. Or, come home when you will never do that or this again. Or, come home when you have no more fears, no more doubts, no more guilt, no more shame. None of that stuff. He simply says, come home now. And that invitation hits 
our eardrums this evening. Come home now. The door is open. The lights are on. No more angelic bouncer. Yeah, there's no more angel with a flaming sword at the door. He has a better job now. My spilled Good Friday blood has extinguished that flaming sword. Now the angel is pointing, using the sword to point traffic to my house. The door is open. The lights are on. Celebration like no other as people stream in. More and more and more. No such thing as maximum capacity in my house. There is room for you. I made room for you. It cost me everything, but you're worth it to me. You are absolutely worth it. So come inside, look around, and you will see. You will see. That's the promise. You will see. That's the promise. And this scene, dear friends, that we're talking about, takes time. Doesn't happen overnight. As we dine and dwell in the house of our Lord, there's an ongoing opening of our eyes so that we see what He sees, what Jesus sees. It's as though He says, Come inside and see how much larger it is in here than it is out there. You will see your brokenness. All of it. Part of my plan to make you more beautiful than you could ever plan. You will see your weaknesses, your limits, your vulnerability. Not as a liability, but as the raw material from which I will make you all that you were created to be. You will see all that brings you pain in this life as the source of supernal joy in that coming life. You will see that I will love you to the end. I will love you to the end of your faults and failures, to the end of your doubts and fears, to the end of your sickness and suffering, to the end of your troubles and stumbles. To the end of your sin and death, you will see at the resurrection that none of your life a waste. Because I want the whole of you in my loving embrace. Dear GLCers, what joy it is to be in the house of Jesus and with Jesus. For this is what everybody is made for. So, you know, let's be Andes. Let's be Andes. Let's bring them in one by one to Jesus. I mean, look at Andy here in our text. Having begun to dwell in God's house, 
Having begun to love Jesus and be loved by Jesus, having begun to taste a joy and a peace like no other, having begun to do what he and everyone was created to do, he can't help himself. He can't contain the enthusiasm. He gets the work. Verses 41 and 42. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. And I don't think he said it like this. We have found the Messiah. <laughs> we have found the Messiah. Eyes out the pop out of his head. Which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Let's pull an Andy. We can... Bring family and friends to Jesus also. We can do it. There's so many around us who are looking for love in the wrong place. They really are. And they're disappointed. They're frustrated. They're bummed out and burned out. Here's a place. A place that we can bring them and their search is over. Done. No arm twisting. No guilt trips. No bribes. Just, uh, you know, an invitation and a promise. Come! And you will see. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.